This is an ohs.com.au production. Welcome to episode 63 of the Australian Health and Safety Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with Corinna Lindby from The Answer is Yes. Hi, Hello. Corinna. Hello, Brendan. Thank you for having me. Now, I was just saying uh, earlier, I love that business name. It's just very uplifting and, and positive. Tell us about how the answer is yes came about. Um, I was working for a really large company. I was running, an, I used, used to run an RTO, um, mm-hmm. buying into it. And one of the clients, um, we started out, how we actually got the client was he called up this one day and he said to me, can you just send somebody out to check the first aid kits? And my partner sat at the side and said, Karina, why are you doing that? I go, no, no, that's what he wants. I'll go out and do it. It wasn't one first aid kit. It turned out to be 32 first aid kits and I walked out with a huge offer. And I, I said to him, with this many first aid kits, surely you need some first aid training. And he goes, actually, we do. How many staff would you like to train? 40. Sweet. And then... From first day, we went on to fire, to chemical, to manual handling. And in a space of one year, I facilitated 26 training courses for him. And my answer always was, the answer is yes. If I don't have it today, I'll get it tomorrow. And that's why I decided to name my company, The Answer is Yes, because it's no challenge that's yeah. out there. If I don't have it, we'll find it. And, yeah, so that's how we came about. Oh, that's brilliant. Is there any? Has there ever been a time where you've said yes where you wish you hadn't have said yes? <laughs> There's always those times when you say yeah. yes, <laughs> which you, and you wish you hadn't. So I'm just doing one at the moment because we don't just specialise in health and safety. We mm-hmm. do HR, business systems, personal development, business development. I said yes to one of these trainers because I help them cu- curate all of their courses and put them on our platform. And I didn't realise that she had a year's worth of videos and we've got over a hundred videos that I, I had said yes to. Mm. And now um, I've got all these videos to edit, create and find the gold hidden amongst all the, the work. But yeah, we'll do it. I said it. So I'm yeah. person of yeah. my word, so we'll do it. Fair enough. And and so walk me through the transition from working from RTO. I'm taking it you're not an RTO now, you're like a curator no. curator of yeah. courses. And- yes, yeah. yeah. So I was working with the, the RTO. Uh, they were – I think I was spreading out too fast for them and uh, they decided to make me redundant and I, I go, yes. And I go, what, 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 what? And I go, yes, now I can do what I want to do. And yeah. it was – we got into the online training and I my area of specialty in health and safety is – and. If anybody says they're an expert in health and safety, they're lying. There's no such thing as a health and safety expert. You're a health and safety expert in your field, in your genre, because mm. there are so many different aspects to health and safety that you can't be an expert. But I was I specialised in a lot on the fire compliance and the chemical, that's that that side of the stuff. And yeah, it's just one thing led to another. I thought, well, you know, there's no re- what I would see all the time is people would organize fire training courses, but for to get a trainer out on site, you usually got to do it for a minimum of 10. So sad, too bad if you've only got five, you know, mm. you still got to pay for the 10. So there's no legal reason why that fire training has to be done face to face. You're allowed to do it, videos, training, and all that. And we're very intensive. It's like it's the how to's as well. Uh, people go in Queensland, you must, if you've got about over 30 staff, you must have a fire safety advisor. But the thing is, you can go and do the course on what you need to do, but it doesn't tell you how to do it. 
And so we've become very much a lot of how-tos. Uh, how do you do this in business? How does this apply? Like we've just done a, I've just done put a new course together on psychosocial hazards, how to, how to do a hazard and risk assessment on psychosocial hazards. Now I'm talking to other health and safety people. I'm talking to mental health first aiders and they have like no idea where to start. So we put together an online course to work the way through it. People can do it themselves. And part of it is, the biggest reason businesses don't put health and safety in place, I believe, is because they can't afford the consultants to give them the expert advice that they need. Yeah. So all of our consultants are putting that knowledge that we think you've got to know into the online courses, which makes it more affordable for people. They can work their way through it themselves without having to get a consultant in place. I mean, you've got the option afterwards, but the, the questions are different. The, the, mm. the more intelligent, the more on point, the more targeted if you do need to talk to a consultant as opposed to, you know, um, what's a hazard? What do you mean by a hazard and risk assessment? What do you mean by what's a PCBU? Well, this course is on that. So it's almost, it's almost like you're pre-educating um staff and companies on what they need to know yes uh, to a certain degree before and then they can go yeah. deep, go deeper if they need to yeah ab- absolutely and you you don't have to I'm sorry, but you don't have to employ a health and safety consultant and uh, if we can put if there's something missing, we'll put it together. Great, mm. because it's all duplicatable. Do it once. How many ways can we then tweak it, invest it? It's a bit like our fire training. We, you know, we've done how you do a um, evacuation coordination of a high rise is different to a manufacturing plan. It's different to an aged care facility, and but the principles are the same. But how you do it, it's slightly different. And the ex- experience tells you what works, what doesn't work, and that's what we put into our courses. So all of our trainers have at least um, ten years experience applying their knowledge so they haven't just got a qualification today and say hey follow me i know what i'm doing and you know it's like anything you you need your test and prove test and prove so you want to know when you're paying for a consultant that they've already tested and proven yeah that they know what they're talking about rather than you get a recent graduate who thinks they know what they do and then life really hits them and go oh my gosh how we really apply this in life is so different to what we do in theory so yeah so, so just uh, going back to that fire safety uh, training in Queensland, so it's if you're if you have a company over thirty people, you have to have a fire safety officer, Advi- advisor, advi- advisor, which yeah, doesn't so necessarily have to be in house. It could be external. external. Yeah, you can outsource them, and, or you can have them in house. So. And, and then the training requirement is what a refresher every two years or every. No, uh, the, for the fire safety advisor, it's every three years. I'm actually yep. doing mine in. Um, uh, 10 days, so I'm doing yeah. one later in and, there. And I, I take it that is a nationally recognised course for yes. the fire. that fire one safety. is accredited, yes. Yep. Uh, we don't do the training. I use, uh, I've got a lot, yep. I've got relationships with a lot of other do. RTOs, yeah. so yeah. Uh, yep. we do it with them. But, and, yeah. uh, but then for the, so that's a fire safety advisor. What about for staff? Is there any requirement? Okay, for- so in all states except Queensland, uh, evacuation coordination, which is warden training, is done every six months. Mm-hmm. Queensland says it's only every um, 12 months in Queensland. But yeah. it's also mandated that all staff must do general evacuation training and every two years they do uh, first response training. That's how to use the equipment. Yeah. So you have to make sure that it's done in Queensland. And there's heavy penalties and fines that they don't do, or Not besides the fact that, you know, not – evacuating the building on time, people could die if there was an emergency and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that, uh, I don't know, general business know about this requirement? 
No. There's always, <laughs> I'm always like going, there's all these regulations and rules, but often the stick isn't big enough to. Yeah, the uh, stick is definitely there for Queenslanders, I can tell you that. The fines for not having all of this in place, you yeah. know, you're out like three and a half to four thousand dollars for each offense. Oh so wow. Yeah. It's really there. And it is yeah. on the other states. So we have I've put together courses on how to do a safety audit and I've got a different one for each state. I'm just finishing up a couple of the other states, but uh, because they're all different because we're mm. coming under state based legislation and they're a, a bit different. But there are penalties and fines associated. Interesting enough, uh, in my career. I've probably audited about 1,400 businesses. Guess how many were compliant the first time I walked in? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> I, you're uh, being, yeah, one. Yeah, one. one business. Okay, yeah. And that yeah. included the solicitors, the lawyers. Wow. So they got they got snapped because, you know, and I, oh, I just love to throw it out, you know, ignorance of the law is no excuse. And they go, we know, <laughs> but they had to put it in place. But if you're if you're seen to be being proactive, I guess that's got to be, you know, like you've identified where your gaps are, and then you're working. Yeah, you're just closing. working towards it. It's a yeah. it's a bit different than people who blatantly ignoring yeah. the whole thing. It's like anything, uh, um, you know, and the amount of businesses that don't understand that you must do a hazard and risk assessment. Well, before you go putting your fire in place or anything else, that's your blueprint. That's your foundation of your whole health and safety. If you don't know how to do that, no matter what policies, procedures, what training you put in place, it's like I use the analogy of um, you putting you've got to put a fortress of protection around your business and each uh, and it's made up of lots of different bricks. So some businesses have lot, got lots of bricks, but basically they've got a pile of rubble. They haven't based it on, they haven't put it on the foundations. They're not building it correctly. And this is where people get taken for a ride, if you like, because they see a consultant and they go, yeah, you need this, 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 and this, and this, and this. But hang on, if you do your hazard and risk assessment, that will tell you what you need. You don't have other people coming in and telling you what you need. It's what what must you do by law, what are mandated, like the fire stuff, and then what is it specific to your business that needs to be happening. And the amount of people have no idea how to do a hazard and risk assessment. And I, I challenge them. I'm doing one for a sole trader at the moment. And we've come out and she thinks she doesn't employ anybody. Um, she works by herself from home that she's got no, she doesn't have to do it. And we've come up with this massive list of things that she has to put into place based on the risk involved with what she's doing and her business. So again, mm. it's that education, very much around the education because once so, you understand it, you can control it. So with a customer like that, why would she knock on your door in the first place? Was there some kind of concern or? Uh, no, we came in for something else. And as I was uh, talking to them, yeah, so I sort of liken us. We're, to, we're a virtual shopping centre and she came through a different door and I just said to her, I just happened to mention, you know you need to do this if you're doing those events or whatever. She right. goes, no, I didn't know. And so this is what she was telling me about something else. I go, I've just identified a few other issues that you you don't know what you don't know until I tell you what you don't know. Yeah. And so yeah. when I explained it to her, she goes, oh, I didn't know that. Exactly. That's why we look holistically at a business. And if you just go to oh, you go over here, you want to run an event, great, whatever, but have you thought about this, this, and this? Because all they see is that one brick, not yeah. all the other bricks that surround it and pull it into place. So so it's almost like the answer is yes, is putting like training needs analysis for customers. Like that's yeah, what absolutely. I'm feeling. And you're going, you need a bit of this <laughs> and that and and you yeah. create the whole plan for companies. Yeah, to- because you can't, you can't 
do stuff silo. Most businesses, when they start out, they go for business development. That's fantastic. But liken it to a carport, you still left yourself totally exposed. You've got to start putting up those four walls around your business to really protect it. So it's no good just growing it if you're not protecting it as you're growing. And some people are building a fortress the size of a skyscraper. Some are just building them the size of an outhouse. Every business is different. So, mm. yeah, you can't just, there's no cookie cutter stuff. Every business is unique. So you need unique solutions. So I'm interested, given that you've come from an RTO, what's your view on nationally recognised training? Do you do it only when it's like, I personally think it's only really of benefit if it's a licence-based outcome. So in other words, a uh, some kind of permit for work required, like you were talking about the fire safety advisors. But what about, I don't know, just general qualifications? And it, A lot of it comes down to risk. I know the guys, when it comes to like, I'll give you an example, confined space working at heights, you know, um, there's no, there's no, you might, like, unlike first aid where you must be done every 12 months, you've got to do mm. CPR and um, perform uh, first aid. Now that comes down to what's the risk analysis. And so some of the, the things like confined space was great. If you're doing it all the time, you could probably get away with doing renewing it every two years. But if you only do it once a year, the mm. chances are you've probably forgotten it. So you probably need to do it annually. So it all comes down to that risk assessment of why you're doing it, why do mm. you need it, and getting those qualifications. But again, you know, Everything can be fed into the risk. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds like that's your starting point for customers working out. And health and safety, absolutely. It's your blueprint. And I, I, I don't know how many customers I've spoken to because, oh, no, we've got a health and safety in place. And they go, yeah, we bought these templates. And I look yeah. at them and they haven't even changed the name in them, put their own name on them. Yeah. You know? And they have no idea what they're supposed to do with them. So do they have a health and safety system in place? No, because yeah. it's not integrated it's not part of it it's not part of their organization it's just i've got a couple of documents here i think i've covered but you're not really covered and so you could still go to jail if somebody dies on your uh, on your mm. site due to industrial manslaughter you know you can still have all these penalties and stuff because just because you've got a few templates doesn't protect you you've got to yeah. integrate it you've got to build it properly yeah so, yeah and so the driver for health and safety training one of the big drivers is risk and legislation. What about some of yeah. the other areas that you operate in? What what would you say the why why are companies doing it for? Well, I'm not. I'm not HR. Sure. Yeah, tell us some of the uh, some of the okay, other things. Okay, so for that... HR again, is being heavily driven by legislation. Okay. There's, a, there's a huge need in that, um, but also the potential for. Um, Liabilities, you know, being taken to court um, if somebody's for injuries. I mean, psychosocial risk injuries is quite high at the moment. So it's mm. um, it's actually higher than the actual physical injuries, the amount of work cover claims that are out there at present. Is, is that right? So like yeah. mental health issues, is that what you mean? Or Yeah, mental health, is, uh, um, the psychosocial psychological distress, the anxieties, the whole other range. People are putting more claims in for the psychosocial issues than they are if somebody broke an arm, a leg or or, mm. or anything like that. So that's quite uh, intensive. But HR, again, it's like you can go if you get the wrong 
pay rates for people or your unfair dismissals or you haven't onboarded them properly, you know, have you got all of that in place? Have you got, have you trained them on what bullying means or sexual harassment and all of this sort of stuff? It's all about the protection. One is protect yourself so you don't go end up getting fined and sued and all that sort of stuff. That's well and good. But also for the psychological, you know, the safety of the your staff, have you got it all in place? Have you got the, your rules for your company? That, what are your company rules? You can't just spring it on to people and say, oh, we're going to drug test today. And if you never told them they're going to do drug testing, you can't do that sort of stuff. So mm. it's all about putting it in, in, into place so it's integrated. But also it takes it to another level of staff engagement Staff engagement, if they're in, if they're inducted properly, they're involved, they're going to get increase your profit lines, you're going to you know have a better better outcomes for the staff and for basically profits. You know, mm. if you've constantly got a high turnover of staff, productivity is really low. Yeah. You know, morale is really low, outcomes are really low. So if you want to really change it and bring it up, then you invest in putting your correct processes and procedures in place. Mm. Is, there, is there a sweet spot that you've found where, like, I don't know, an, an average company size where training really starts to make sense? Like I, I'm just thinking, you know, if you've got one or two people, like if you were in a really micro business, then you probably, and you're starting out, you're probably just trying to survive as opposed to And that's training. actually that's why probably more so that we've got a lot for, we, we do them from startups right through, mm-hmm. but is as a startup, you have such a massive learning curve, a steep yeah. learning curve that yeah. you've got you've got to be prepared that when you start out in business as a startup, be prepared. You're going to be spending an hour a day learning new stuff because you've come from most cases they've come from an employee mentality and background and now you've gone into business. You think you know what you're doing, but you've got so many different things you need to learn. You might need to learn your social media and might, might need to learn what what is great customer service. Got some awesome courses on customer service. Mm. You know, if you want to, there's so many different elements to your business that if you were to get expert advice and pay a consultant for everything, you you never get off the ground because it's too much. That's why the online training is so good because it can go, what's the next thing that you're wanting to learn? Work it through and you can do it yourself. And and it comes with templates. It comes with the training and the outcomes. And in some cases, it includes, uh, a, you know, um, an exit interview with the, the trainer so you can ask them specific details about or coaching for your business so there's lots of different things that's that's involved so are you doing on-demand training or you're doing webinar training all these courses are on demand so they're ready to go you can pull them off the shelf um log on start working the courses i can facilitate any training um face-to-face zoom sessions or anything like that with uh the trainers so it's totally up to to what the client wants the answer is always yes of course we can do whatever they want (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we want to get them into the habit is that a client to us is not an individual it's a whole business from the ceo to the janitor working through what is your must-do trainings, your compliance stuff? What is your like-to-do trainings? What's your upskillings? Where are you going? And if you don't need it, then that's a, another brick in the wall that we need to get to plug mm. that brick. So you're, it's a journey. As you grow, you want your business to grow and how we, we bring it together. And I guess because we're looking holistically at it, 
and this is what happened when I was when you know the company that I did the 26 training was that you'd say hey I noticed you're doing this this is over here but have you thought about this over there because you're looking at you see the client you know them whereas if you just come in and you're just in there for that one thing you don't see how it interrelates to everything else and so you get a broader concept of what needs doing for example Great, you want to do sales training. You get all these sales in, but if you've got, if you're bringing them in more new customers due to direct sales in the front door, but you're losing them out the back door due to poor customer service, you you, you start to look at it from different angles, and that's mm. where it gives you that, that more holistic approach. I was going to ask if um, if you've seen a change in um, the willingness to do online training over the last few years. Absolutely. I mean, be, before COVID started, I had seven trainers and 20 online courses. Uh, fast forward to today, we've got 87 trainers and three, 320 online courses. Over the last two years, we put, put them together. Wow. So is that, yeah. your, is that your trainers building courses and yeah they put the they they supply the materials and i create it for them and put them into courses for them so oh, I, wow. I, I actually build all the courses so i get their intellectual property and turn it into gold yeah and yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we still got a couple of hundred still to go so we've got uh, a, that, a big project that's that's amazing so you must have um and i what i like about what you're uh, telling me corinna is that you're really getting the training from the coal face like it feels mm -hmm. like, you know, you're identif identifying a problem in a business and then you're creating a training course to yep. plug that gap as opposed to a top-down approach. Yeah, thing, so. and that's the problem with a lot of the RTOs and the accredited courses is that, you know, be before you can make changes in those courses, it goes through a massively long process, but we're so responsive. Mm. You know, like the fire training stuff, like, oh, you, yeah, we can customise it for you, which we do for free. We just mm. clone it, customise it, tweak it, done. 20-minute yeah. job compared yeah. to others, which would have to go through all these processes and it just takes so much longer. But, you know, we've had a massive growth, so much so that we got recognised last year as the top leadership training company in APAC. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, because we're in about 10 countries at the moment. Some of our courses are going into different languages as well. Yeah. So we've identified an area, for instance, the, the cleaning companies, they have a lot of uh, foreign-speaking um, cleaners. They don't actually understand English. So you imagine the working late at night in a high-rise building and there's an emergency and they don't know what to do. So we're putting all the courses into different languages for them. So they all get the same training, but it's in their language as well. And so is the business sort of growing off word of mouth mainly, would you say? Or? Yeah, at the moment it's a lot of word of mouth and uh, we're actively just, um, you know, doing cold calling, getting in, talking to people, sharing yeah. them. So, you know, because we just put out the, um, we put out a new catalogue every three months. So um, we call it the book of answers. So it's all of our <laughs> courses are in there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, constantly growing and, and evolving and changing. So, yeah. It's an so, interesting journey. And so are the 87 trainers that you mentioned, are they like your business partners or do you pay them for content up front and then? No, I actually, um, quite unique is I pay it forward. I put their courses together for free to start with. Mm -hmm. I only get paid when they have a sale. And so it's something uniquely different. So I like them, their shops in my virtual shopping center, they all have their own shop. And so oh. um, they have their own website. And But when it comes through through us, that's when they pay, pay a percentage of sales. Yeah. That's and why then I earn my income. And then so you're facilitating through your, like, 
learning management system and they're selling yeah. selling through their website. Through their, through their websites, through their social media, through our social media, through through everything. So when I go to a, a client, most people are, you know, imagine they're the brick trying to sell their brick to the client and the client might not want their brick. And so mm. they say, see, yeah, well, my answer was, well, okay, you don't want that brick. What do you need? Let's see what you, and we look holistically at a client. What do you need? Where are you going? How can we save you money? How can we make you more efficient? How can we increase productivity? How can we grow your business? We're there to help. So the people yeah. with that. And, and then so can you give us a feel for what it costs to do a, a training course? Is there like a minimum the, and a maximum? No. Or? The, the courses range from $10 to 3000 It all depends on the yeah. type, of, type of course. So uh, cybersecurity courses are probably at the, at the top end. They're yeah. on how to create a cybersecurity incident response team, how to deploy a team, how to manage a team. So there's the risk, how to do a cyber risk. They're really the high end, some transformational stuff are the highest up, but then the, the stuff that you want all staff, you know, they might be what manual handling's 50 bucks, mm. uh, fire trainings, you know, 20 bucks. So it all depends what it is as to what you want, as to what you need. So... And a lot of businesses have that 80-20 rule with their products. Is yours similar to that where you, I don't know, where you find 20% of your catalogue is a regular seller whereas maybe 80 The compliance stuff is probably more the 80%, the other 20% at this stage. It all depends which door they come in. Yeah. It really does. We're, we're just in, in the process of um, integrating some automation. So depending what door they come in, they get, you know, all the automation, marketing, upsells and all, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. But generally we don't, yeah, we're not really there to hound people because. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. We, we look for brand ambassadors as well. So yeah. people who uh, might already be a business coach and consultant. And so they add our courses, you know, example might be, it might be a HR that specializes in recruitment, but you don't have anything on performance or team culture or, or anything else. So they can add those courses to their website. They can do upsells, cross sells. And so basically they're finding what complements what they do but doesn't compete with what they do. So mm. we've got a lot of our courses end up on all these other uh, brand ambassadors, other trainers. Uh, so we've got a very much a collaborative community. So yeah. we collaborate. Mm. That's brilliant. Well, well done, Corinna. It sounds like um, a very exciting business to be involved with. Uh, having a ball, absolutely yeah. having a blast. Yeah. So yeah. it's um, just growing and growing. So that's what we yeah. plan to do. So, yeah. Brilliant. So if people want to connect with you, Corinna, what's your website or any other way? Yeah, our, website, our website is answeryes.com.au and our phone numbers and everything's on there, but answeryes.com.au. And we've got all the trainings. It's constantly being updated. So yeah. uh, we've got heaps more going up now at the moment. So. Great. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to an ohs.com.au production. I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it'd be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.